Presented by the American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network. Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook Editor Mike DeBonis. It's Wednesday, February 7th. Here's what's driving the day. Geez, where to begin? How about here? Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas remains unimpeached this morning after House Republicans failed in dramatic fashion by a single vote to make him the first cabinet official impeached since 1876. It was a wild scene, and we'll get into that in a moment, but this story isn't over yet. House Speaker Mike Johnson is promising to try once again once he has the numbers he needs, perhaps as soon as next week. Meanwhile, after days of speculation, the New York Times reported last night that RNC chair Ronna McDaniel is expected to step down as soon as the end of this month after the South Carolina primary on the 24th. Trump world has been increasingly dissatisfied with McDaniel over her management of the party committee. And Trump, the Times reports, is eyeing former North Carolina Republican chair Michael Watley as a replacement. Speaking of Trump, we're all waiting for his next move after yesterday's blockbuster decision by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals rejecting his presidential immunity claims. The big question is whether he will seek a stay of his pending election interference trial from the Supreme Court before a Monday deadline. If he can convince five of the nine justices to grant that stay, chances become very good he might be able to delay the trial until late in the year, perhaps until even after the election. If not, District Judge Tanya Chutkin could be free to schedule the trial as early as this spring. But the real action yesterday was on Capitol Hill, and joining me now to talk about all of that is Playbook co-author Rachel Bain. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Mike. So, a crazy day on the Hill, to say the least. But before we get into the weighty matters of border security and geopolitics, let's circle back to this Mayorkas vote. It seems like it was just an incredible scene, right? Yeah, no, especially incredible because just a few hours before the vote, Speaker Johnson was expressing confidence that they had the votes to do this. And I mean, leadership has been saying this for weeks now, that a bunch of moderate Republicans who don't want to impeach Joe Biden have signaled to them that they will be behind them on impeaching Mayorkas. And obviously, so much for that. It started to unravel in the morning when Mike Gallagher, who is a Republican from Wisconsin, signaled in the GOP's closed door meeting that he didn't think necessarily that there was high crimes and misdemeanors here. Ken Buck was already basically signaling that he would be a no, saying that, you know, policy differences are not a reason to impeach. Tom McClintock, the same thing. And then when this vote started, well, it ended up coming down to 215 to 215, a tie, which is like... I mean, the thing that just kind of killed me about it is that they didn't have all their votes there. They knew Steve Scalise is out getting cancer treatments. They could have postponed the vote, waited till he got back. Mike Johnson chose not to do that. And Yeah, this is something I'm still trying to figure out the answer to. Like, why did he do this? Maybe he thought he could bluff some folks to get in line, and that did seem to work. David Joyce, for instance, Republican from Ohio, another sort of moderate member, was balking at this and not saying how he would vote. He ended up voting to impeach. So clearly it worked with some folks, just not enough. And then there was this incredible dramatic moment. (laughs) There's the the surprise uh, appearance from uh, Al Green, the Democrat, Mm -hmm. at the last moment. Yeah, who was in the ER yesterday, apparently for surgery, and gets wheeled into the chamber wearing scrubs and no shoes and, you know, puts the nail in the coffin for this effort and basically shocks everyone. Al Green, who I will always sort of think about 
all the times he tried to force votes to impeach Trump. Yeah, he's Mr. Mr. Impeachment. Impeachment. The man knows impeachment. Look, they're going to bring this back up again. The speaker has said so. His office has been tweeting about this. Other members have talked to reporters about this after the vote. But look, even if they bring this up again and it, it, it passes, you know, when Steve Scalise is back and say it actually goes through, this is a huge embarrassment. I mean, this is such a high profile vote, something they've been saying they we're going to do for a long time. And we have to keep in mind the context too of like, you know, Speaker Nancy Pelosi never lost a vote on the floor ever. And Johnson lost two in one day, not just this mayorcus impeachment. Yeah, I was going to say that wasn't the only L that Speaker Johnson took last night. Immediately after the impeachment vote, he puts up a bill on Israel funding and that went down too. So what happened there? Yeah, they put it up on suspension, which means that it needed two thirds of the chamber to actually pass. And it only got 250 votes. And once again, Republicans had an awareness that this was going to go down and they still pushed it anyway. Now, I do think the calculus on this is a little different than the Mayorkas impeachment. I mean, clearly Johnson was okay with this failing because they're going to try to accuse Democrats of being anti-Israel from this vote. So there's a, the, the motivations here are a little different, but coming off of a huge loss like the impeachment vote, all it does is add to the bad headlines for Johnson. And, you know, frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next few days we hear folks talking about whether he can do this job. I mean, there's already been talk about, you know, our conservatives going to try to vacate him. They've been pissed about the spending deal that he struck with Chuck Schumer in the Senate. This really casts doubt on his leadership and his ability to do this job. Yeah, they're going to be back next week. Then they're taking a week off. Then they got to come back and they they have to pass government funding, which is always a real pain in the butt for Republican speakers. So that brings us to the Senate and where I think there's two big stories right now. We obviously saw the big border compromise collapse completely uh, yesterday. So those two big questions I'm looking at are, what does this mean for Senate Republicans and their leader, Mitch McConnell? And what does this mean for the prospects of delivering these billions and billions of dollars of aid to Ukraine and Israel? Yeah, obviously not a good moment for Mitch McConnell. Uh, when this border bill came out, we started to see his critics call for a leadership change pretty much right away. On Sunday, Mike Lee was out tweeting that it was time for new leadership. A lot well, more of, than that, he called it a betrayal. He called it a betrayal, exactly, of the base. Really aggressive comment. And I mean, we had a press conference on Capitol Hill yesterday where a lot of the folks who had voted against McConnell as leader just a year ago basically blasted him for trying to have this trying to work with Democrats on a border deal, accused him of having this bromance with Chuck Schumer. Ted Cruz even called for McConnell to step down. And I mean, these critics aside, it's obviously a huge embarrassment for McConnell in that Republicans are just yo-yoing on their strategy here. First, they said they wanted to do Ukraine funding. McConnell was unable to convince his conference to do that. They were the ones who said they wanted to tie it to, you know, a border deal of some sort. He goes along with his members. And then he ends up liking the idea, cheering the bill, saying it's time to do something on the border. We won't get anything better, even if we have a Republican in the White House. They, again, don't listen to him. And yesterday he acknowledges that this thing is... It's, it's not going to pass. And when it comes to the floor today, Republicans are going to filibuster this. So McConnell, we're seeing he just he used to have this control over his conference, but his influence is clearly waning here. You've got the knives out for him by his conservative critics. And this whole thing also underscores how much he's on a totally different page from Donald Trump, the presumptive Republican nominee who could be in the White House again. Trump obviously cheering the death of this border bill for weeks now. McConnell saying he really wants it to pass. These two guys, I mean, I caught up with uh, a number of senators 
yesterday and Ron Johnson was like, you know, they're like oil and water. Right. Yeah. I think, I think the big lesson of this episode is just, it's impossible to see the two of them coexisting at the highest levels of politics in the future. It's just, you can't even conceive of it if uh, Donald Trump is president again. So as for what's next, I think we have some news this morning in, in terms of what Chuck Schumer might be thinking. Yes, we certainly do. So it sounds like Chuck Schumer, of course, is going to bring this supplemental up to the floor today. Uh, it's expected to fail. Republicans are going to filibuster the bill. But right after that, the Democratic leader is going to be bringing up the supplemental minus the border piece of this package, basically daring Republicans to vote against Ukraine aid, money for Israel and uh, assistance for Taiwan. And this is going to be a really interesting vote because all the talk in the Senate yesterday around the lunches Republicans were all talking about how the new strategy is going to be to try to proceed to assist, you know, all of these foreign allies of ours without doing a border deal. So we'll see if they actually filibuster this like slimmed down package without the border or do they filibuster that as well? And if so, again, more embarrassment for McConnell and just just not a good look for Republicans. Going to be quite the fascinating day today. Thank you very much, Rachel Bade. Of course. And for your schedule today, the House and the Senate are both in, though the House is ending its legislative week early this afternoon because House Democrats are starting their yearly policy retreat in Leesburg, Virginia this afternoon. President Biden, meanwhile, will travel to New York City, where he will participate in three campaign receptions. I'm Mike DeBonis. Thanks for listening. Think you can't make time? Think again. Congress, access to innovation and early detection makes time for cancer patients and their families. Multi-cancer early detection tests have the potential to screen for dozens of cancers with a simple blood test. The American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network urges Congress to pass H.R. 2407 and S-2085 to create a pathway to access in Medicare once FDA approved and clinical benefit is shown. Visit fightcancer.org.